Welcome to the Nutritious and Delicious podcast with me, Bethany. Our mission is to support busy parents all over the world to learn time management while taking care of your nutritional, physical, and mental health. After all, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. So I'm really excited today. I have Susanna with me here, AKA Sizzle, and she is a transformational life coach and powerful birth professional, meditational guide and energy healer coaching. She does this with men and women to become their best selves in order to achieve a better life. So through nurturing guidance, emotional intelligence and empowerment coaching, she specializes in embodiment coaching for life transitions especially for the rite of passage of parenthood, beginning with conscious family planning, pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. Suzanne has coached over hundreds of families by transforming their fears, uncertainties, and doubts into empowerment, confidence, and trust, increasing peace, happiness, and joy in the homes of children around the globe. So I'm so excited that you're here, Susanna. Thank you for having me, Bethany. So beautiful to connect with you. Yeah, I love that. This is a great topic. Today, we're going to be talking about minimizing stress at home. And Susanna would be the perfect person to talk to about this because she's obviously dealt with lots of different families. So I would love for you to be able to share your story with us and kind of how you got started with working with families. Yes. Thank you, Bethany. My story. Wow. I really feel like this has just been my life's journey. Uh, Being six years old, my little brother was born. I had an older sister, lots of younger cousins. Grew up in Kentucky, so very family oriented and um, just really was always a natural nurturer and leader. So As I grew up, I knew in high school I wanted to study psychology in college, dove into child development, so passionate about working in the community as a nanny, as a daycare teacher. And I went off after college and studied at Yale for two years. I was in an autism research lab and I worked on the front end of the lab, working with families coming from all over the world. And it was such a beautiful opportunity for growth, for research and clinical experience. And I thought I was on the road to be a child psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I realized during that two year uh, fellowship that I was so much more drawn to families in the community, working in their homes, the natural environment, not having so much uh, academic expectations Mm -hmm. behind us. So I was still babysitting in the community and I fell in love with that really in-home environment. Like I said, I could really see the transformation and that connection in the home. So I went on and became an entrepreneur. I was a learning coach in schools. I was a nanny and a household manager, a chef. I was however I could serve families wherever I was. And um, I realized that it all starts with the parents, right? So as much as I was drawn to working with children of all ages, of all different developmental levels, I kept realizing that I saw within the eyes of the children, the stresses of the parents, you know? Mm -hmm. So I became interested in this um, idea of becoming a doula. I traveled to Puerto Rico. I met a beautiful woman, told me her birth story. And I was like, wow, doula, that's perfect. Let's start at the very beginning. I'm so -hmm. passionate about prevention and early intervention. And so that's really where I 
started my own business out of Denver, Colorado. I've been helping families now for really 17 years when you include all of my um, beginning work, you know, mm -hmm. in high school and college and um, really understanding that it starts with the mother and the father, mm -hmm. even before pregnancy, right? Looking at the lives of the individual, you know, the individual self. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's a lot of different aspects that you've got. Like that's, that's crazy. The amount of it, like work experience that you've had and you've kind of just obviously gone throughout, like from babysitting to like being a doula to working. And that's really interesting that you said you worked with um, like autism and stuff. Cause you probably saw a lot of different things as well, but it sounds to me like throughout the whole um, experience, you've kind of realized like it does, it always goes back to the parent. And I think that's why you and I connected so well, because, you know, a healthy family does start with a healthy parent and being a mom myself, I know that. And, um, you know, kind of witnessing other people and sort of how they're raising their children and things like that. It, you know, children, they can't change everything because of their environment at home, right? So it, it is very interesting that we have to kind of get to the parent first in order for the children to sort of like be able to be okay and level up and minimize that stress and stuff at home. So I would like to kind of find out from you, like throughout your experience and stuff, what are some suggestions that you have um, with facing massive amounts of stress in the home um, and what parents can do sort of for themselves and everyone else? Because I think a lot of people think everybody else is the problem like it's my kid that's the problem or my partner that's the problem but I think a lot of people don't realize it starts with them so I'd love for you to give me kind of your first one mm -hmm. that that's a big responsibility right mm -hmm. just accepting that you are the biggest influence right yeah. and not only your own life but any your family's life your children your neighbors right like so it starts with you and I think it takes discipline and responsibility. Uh, so I think like the first step, I've had so much insight from so many different ranges of families, not only in clinical and research experiences, but in the home, right? Mm -hmm. The most, you know, where you can just lay everything down, you're, you're hopefully safe and comfortable. So I've walked into homes that feel very stressful, you know, mm -hmm. and there's usually, uh, um, young children, pets, um, clutter, uh, outside noises, right? TVs on, um, dishes in the sink, you know? So me as a nanny and as someone that has really prepared myself to come in and minimize the stress on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, I would say first thing is regulating the breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So sure. setting boundaries around how can I understand that when I take a deep inhale and then an extra long exhale, so making the exhale longer mm -hmm. than the inhale, you're automatically telling your nervous system that you're in a safe place. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're um, motivating your parasympathetic that you're, you can rest and digest. Even when the external environment is stressful, mm -hmm. your internal nervous system is getting those signals like, okay, you know, I can handle this. I trust in myself. I'm confident. I can take what's being thrown to me. Yeah. So, so the breath. That's great. Setting boundaries. I find for a lot of, a lot of ones for moms, um, 
this is a hard one and I've had to learn it myself, but setting boundaries with your children in terms of like time and space for yourself, because especially mm -hmm. when you do have little children, you're kind of mauled all the time by them um, and you want to be giving and loving. But I find that when moms are kind of touched out, burnt out, they're kind of like in this mode of like, I just don't want anyone to touch me. I just want to be in like a room on my own. And that tells me like they haven't had any boundaries like all day. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could just be like a five, 10 minute like break, no, no touch. And I just want to be in, in my room quietly, like listening to music or something. Um, because it's almost like what you just said is you walked into the house, there's so much stimulus. And mm -hmm. I found even as a mom myself, like when they're little, little, um, there's so much stimulus going on, whether they're crying and someone else is screaming, there's pets going on, there's, yeah, there's all the to-do list to do and the touch all day, it's kind of like you're tapped out. So for me, I had to really learn very fast, especially when I became a single parent, um, I had to learn that I needed that setting of a boundary with my children first, because otherwise I wasn't going to be in a good place for them. Totally. Right. And you can... You, you can motivate them just by, or modeling it, right? Yeah. Like I understand with small children, um, you know, you have to really find the priority to fit it in right. as far as like breathing. I mean, it could be three deep breaths in the moment with your children. Mm -hmm. I mean, allow them to witness you coming, going down from a dysregulated state to a regulated state, mm -hmm. you know? be that model for them um you know as a yoga and meditation instructor like modeling is huge you mm -hmm. know i'm at the airport feeling frazzled you know just breathing modeling for my surroundings so right. i would encourage mamas to just find that discipline right within to say you know i don't i don't need I, i'm not i'm not worthy of being stressed out all the time right i'm worthy of being regulated so let me start with some breath right here in front of everyone right yeah. like three deep breaths now if you can take a separate room then by all means do that stepping mm -hmm. outside getting sunshine i like to focus on the senses you know mm -hmm. that's going to help you calm down and um getting out of the head and into the body right this even goes for dads too because it just made me think like dads also mm -hmm. lose their cool too and you know they're mm -hmm. kind of they well moms too they can get angry and stuff fast and that's usually where the boundaries hasn't come in place i would suggest to parents who are in those situations whether mom or dad and you are feeling frazzled frustrated there's too much going on too much noise um step outside for like literally a couple of minutes and even just taking in the sunshine like I do that mm -hmm. at my front deck because I get the most sunshine and even just having that sun on your skin for about five minutes and just coming back and you feel so much more refreshed and you're able to sort of like do that um for your children as well like again like you said like you know doing the breathing exercise like it's good to teach them as well the role models and being an example so I think setting boundaries is a great one what's your number two well, it definitely links in. So mm -hmm. when you set a boundary around, okay, I'm going to take care of myself first. Yes, everything needs to be done in the house. The children need me as well. I'm going to start the day with taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And this is number two is to regulate your nervous system. The more that you can regulate your nervous system, meaning truly understanding and feeling your emotions, 
Um, I help women and and fathers, men, mothers, everyone understand mm-hmm. what it feels like to feel anger, to feel sadness, to feel anxiety, and learning from those. Right? All of our emotions have are very wise teachers. So right. we don't want to suppress and ignore and shut them out. We want to invite all of them to the dinner table, as I like right. to say. <laughs> so we want to understand how to regulate our nervous system. So that can look like many different things for many people. I think um, self-care is, is, is oftentimes you know, kind of looked down on, I think, as a, as a parent, like, oh, self-care, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But we have to prioritize it. When right. are we, when else, I mean, you know, how are we going to teach our children to care for themselves, right? Um, so self-care that goes into hygiene, that goes into just the daily mind, body, and spiritual rituals that we do to keep ourselves from mm-hmm. not losing it you know yeah (laughs) i agree (laughs) i I think a lot of people if you think about it most people wake up and the first thing they do is either check emails or they watch the news and it's like right away you Mm -hmm. go into this fight and flight and you kind of wake up going you know like i have to do this thing or look what's happening on the news today and it's just it it takes Mm -hmm. away and steals sort of from that regulating the nervous system like you said so a few things that we like to do is We like to kind of do like morning routines and I kind of like to do mine where I wake up really early. Like I wake up sometimes about 5 a.m. and I wake up before my boys because I want to make sure that I have that time that the house is quiet and Mm -hmm. I get a coffee or a tea and I sit down and I kind of start doing my work. And it's probably because I'm the most focused at that time. So I prefer doing it during the morning and then I have more of my um, time in the afternoon to kind of give to them. So, um, you know, and other people do as well, like journaling in the morning. Like I know people that will journal and write notes morning and afternoon. And it's kind of that brain dump, like getting rid of kind of like Mm -hmm. the excess of the day. And um, for me, it's physical, it's exercise. So for me, like if I Mm -hmm. haven't worked out in a few days, I can feel it. And it's not even so much a physical thing. It's like mentally, it's like that brain dump. You're just trying to get um, that, that energy out whatever is kind of like consuming in your body because a lot of people hold emotion in their body as well and I'm probably one of them myself Mm -hmm. so for me it's like I need that physical exert um so that's another way to kind of regulate your system too um so yes even dancing like um what I have a, a couple stories that come to mind um as far as tending to other people's children um mm-hmm. one of them is helping a family that was from out of town in denver for a wedding mm-hmm. they found me as being um or they were referred to me from someone within the wedding community and mm-hmm. um they needed a babysitter so i had never met this family before they had one child and i meet them at the hotel and the child was asleep and it was totally not ideal for them right. to leave me for to them to leave the child with me in the hotel room asleep so i knew that we were you know and i was in for it when that right. child woke up this child was under 5 um he was verbal and um but a very young child you know and yeah to wake up with a stranger in the room and in a strange room hello yeah where am i here <laughs> yeah so um what do i do you know to regulate my not only myself because i was anticipating this uh, break meltdown but 
to regulate him. And so automatically, you know, it's, it's about five or six in the afternoon. Open the shades up. Let's get some natural light in. He's, he wakes up and of course he had a crying spell. I can't remember how long, you know, it felt like forever. Yeah. But he was definitely sad and scared. And so reassuring him with affirmations, you know, you are safe. Mommy and daddy will be back. And Mm -hmm. I started mimicking and role modeling um, play. So he had some blocks in the room and I was just like giving him his space, letting him come around, offering him water snacks, you know, so I'm trying to help regulate him, you know, through, through my own regulated system. And it took a while, but you know, by the end of the of the night, I think I offered, let's go out for a walk. We went up to the top floor and we were like stargazing in the city yeah. by the end of the night, you know, and we were yeah. friends. But it, it definitely just shows that like when you can understand your own body awareness, emotional, and I though I turned on some music too. Yeah. You know, that goes back to that dancing and kind of swaying and just realizing that like this is a safe space for for both of us um so that was that was very challenging that was not ideal at all for me to know that i wouldn't probably (laughs) put you in that situation yeah i was surprised there's been multiple times i'm like surprised by the parents but you know i i just gained experience and insight and and carry it further yeah that that's great that you can see that because i you know obviously previous before i had children i used to babysit as well and People used to leave me with their children before, like, before they were asleep and they still had issues with being scared and things like that. Mm-hmm. But and what you just said about the whole, like, kind of giving them space and playing, that's what I used to do as well, is that, you know, you start mm-hmm. playing with their toys and they start to kind of pique an interest in you. Mm-hmm. And sort of at home, too, I think with engagement, like, if kids aren't engaging, um, especially if they're little and stuff, start playing and taking an interest in sort of what they're interested in. And and it kind of creates more of a bond because I think we're just so go, go, go all the time that, like kids are sort of like forgotten same with sort of the pets and stuff and everyone's just kind of got this like crazy energy and a lot of the time it's because like parents a are like ships in the night passing each other so that's one thing and there's so much commotion sometimes and then it's like okay maybe you haven't seen mom or dad or all day and then they're bringing the kids home they're excited to see you and they've got literally like an hour or two for wind down before bed and it's like they're trying to compact their whole day in with their children um and trying to regulate and then sort of just like, I need to just get up for work in the morning. And I'm sure parents are anxious too, that like they've got a million things to do once the kids are in bed. So, you know, I think just what I do with my boys as well is when I notice they're kind of out of sorts is that I kind of slow down and Mm -hmm. I'll start spending like some time with them. Okay, let's do some reading. Let's just sit and watch a movie. And it's just, they want that cuddle time, that calm time. And it eases them into sleep and their next day even better. So I love that one. So what, what is your number three? Um, for decreasing stress in the home, number three is organization. That's a key thing. <laughs> so, you know, organizing, that goes into like, again, like really regulating your external, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your internal environment, of course, that is your temple and your external is also your safe space, your temple, where you want to find comfort and joy. And so how can we organize? How can we 
make tidying up fun, enjoying it, bringing mm -hmm. children into it. I'll never forget teaching, you know, three-year-old twins how to fold laundry, you know, yeah. and making it fun and having yeah. like fun music on. And um, so understanding that these things are going to keep your environment healthy and safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so how can we find joy within those in your daily, right. daily rituals? That's, that's awesome. I love, like you said, you were teaching them how to fold laundry age three, because I think about the age of about two, three-ish, I was getting them mm -hmm. to put their own plate in the dishwasher and yeah, like kind of putting their socks together and things like that out of, out of the laundry. And, you know, like now they're doing quite a bit. They're seven and nine currently. Um, and they're very independent in that sense because they're they're so used to kind of making it a fun game even as a kid like mm -hmm. that those young young ages well getting them to clean up like there's so many times where kids you know I watch and they kind of make a huge mess and then like they their parents like let them leave it and, and their parents are cleaning it up and it's a huge huge mess um but what I used to do with my boys is yeah make it fun like who can get it in the basket like kind of you kind of mm -hmm. doing this tossing game and stuff like that and you're making it fun and funny for them and you do that at an early age and I think people kind of do these things late so it's part of like keeping your house organized if you are very like tidy yourself and you want to keep right. that kind of because I think a lot of parents give up and say oh well the house is just a mess and we leave the basement like a tornado because that's their space but then you're kind of inviting all this like chaos into the home right and saying it's okay for them to kind of live like that and then they never sort of learn for themselves um the other thing too i was thinking of when you said organization is routine and i found that that was mm -hmm. having that sort of like structure and organization um especially when like all this stuff happened with kids going you know back home from school and things like that like we had lockdowns obviously for a while um mm -hmm. that was a, a key spot for me where I noticed there was like chaos in the home again and I was like what is going on like we had our routine of working from home my partner and I but the problem was we didn't sort of have this organization of like what was to be expected at home with this like new environment of like being homeschooled so I ended up having to sort of go to the dollar store and get like um kind of like schedule like like a, like a whiteboard and like write things down as soon as there was like a schedule in place it was like peace and I was like, oh, I was like, that's it. They just needed to have like a routine to follow because I thought, you know, I didn't want to sort of like put them in this routine where they felt like they had to. But at the same time, it was kind of like unorganized. Um, and I realized like I need to have this routine going for them. And it just it massively changed everything. Um, and the other thing I kind of normally do as well is um, meal planning. And I definitely have like their lunches all set up, like all their lunches are set out for the week. So they know exactly what they can have and they pick their own snacks and they have to pick the fresh food and stuff and like some of the um, non-fresh food, I guess what we would like granola bars, crackers, all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of our organi organization and we flip the chart and make sure everybody kind of gets a turn to kind of do these things. So I think that's part of like staying on top of that routine and orga organization as well. Beautiful. No, I love those tools. And yes, the routine, like we're habitual creatures, mm -hmm. you know? And so we, and that's again, goes back to those early morning habits. What are you going to choose first? That goes back to discipline. Right. And it all ties in with regulating your nervous system. So even when you spoke to me about that, like you, you found those routines that like, 
I could just hear how it makes you calm, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> knowing what you're going to serve. I mean, I love doing the meal plans, having yeah. five meals on the whiteboard, you know, knowing what I'm going to make, you know, knowing, okay, I'm going to make a grocery list for this and like giving yourself this, um, sense of purpose in the home mm -hmm. and always tying it into gratitude i would encourage you know if the dishes are full in the sink not looking at as oh my god there's so many dishes but we just had a beautiful meal like mm -hmm. we're so blessed to have food and have right. water i mean all of these things that we totally take um advantage of you know yeah. just the basic needs so tying it into like having fun how can we incorporate children into meal planning into cooking into grocery shopping you know these are all skills that that they need to learn and most of the time especially young children they want to help they you know? do they yeah they do so we need and to give them that space and that opportunity and um knowing that everything has a place you know if everything's dysregulated in your home setting then that's yeah. going to affect the internal setting right there's so many yeah. like when i think about so many little things they do like to help and i think including them i think as moms and dads and stuff it's kind of in their head oh it's just easier if i do it and i hear that a lot where and then mm. mom and dad feel burnt out that oh we have so many things to do but you're not including the children so then they never learn um, and then it just becomes, there's the more children you have, the more workload you have, um, and it becomes dysregulated. So what would be your number four about managing stress in the home? I would say build your village. So this can look different in everyone's family, whether you have extended family near or far, whether you have a good relationship with them, right? Mm -hmm. These want, we want them to be like healthy relationships. So whether it's family, your own partner, um, hiring people, neighbors, community, you know, it goes back to really, again, regulating your nervous system. We're not meant to do this all alone. No. We never were meant to do this all alone. We're always, we're social creatures. We come from a tribe setting. And really the way that we have really isolated all of our family units is not sustainable, really, no. for our future environment, for our future wealth and happiness. So how can we build your village, you know, mm -hmm. looking within the internal family and then looking into outside professional help, even like hiring a coach to help mm -hmm. you regulate your emotion, your emotions and your nervous system, right? Um, looking at having childcare help, even an au pair. I have many families that will invest in an au pair instead of daycare and have someone living within the home to help with meal prep and laundry and also childcare. Um, and then of course, like having household cleaners and just outsourcing some of the load if we can yeah. afford to. And then especially within like the big transitional times of say um, a move or a new baby right like mm -hmm. having some really um, I say get your team together what do you want to call it your village your team you know right. um, especially for for postpartum right I, yeah. I can give you a few examples of these because um, it, it's very hard I think as a, as a mom especially a new mom you think oh I can do everything myself and I had to learn the hard way unfortunately but um, I think since I have been a mom, I've really had to sort of like learn who I can rely on. So a big one is trust. I think a lot of um, mm -hmm. moms, like even if I reach out to some people and say like, you know, look, I can help you look after your children and stuff like that. And they know me pretty well. Like sometimes 
it's it's hard. It's hard, especially your first. You're kind of like, I don't know if I want to give my child over to somebody else. But I um, definitely with my first, I really struggled. Um, I didn't ask for a lot of help. I thought it's because I didn't require it or I wasn't supposed to need help. Because again, in the Western society, we're very much like, just get on with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, that was kind of my, my notion in my head. Now, second time around, I ended up actually hiring a doula for my birth. And mainly it was for afterwards because I was so worried that I would slip back into postpartum tendencies like I did with my first. So I hired um, a doula to help me transition because I was really scared of kind of like just being thrown in the shark tank again. And um, I had obviously, I had at that point, I think my eldest was 22 months old, so not even quite two years. And I just had a new baby. So this lady helped me for about four weeks. Every day she came in, like got me fed and made sure like she looked after me and my eldest son and just basically let me feed my baby, was doing the laundry, was prepping like lunches and dinners and stuff like that for me. Just basically was my right hand woman and was amazing. And then transitioned kind of me slowly into doing, doing it myself. And I felt way more confident because I kind of had that time to rest and relax and things like that. So that was one I hired out. Um, when I became a widow, uh, my sons were, I think they were three and five years old. So that was 2018. Again, that was kind of like another, I really had to rely on a lot of people in my life. Um, and even to the point where I had neighbors and I, you know, they asked me like, is there anything I can do? And I said, well, you know what? I actually, yeah, like I wouldn't mind. Would you be able to shovel my drive, my driveway, uh, my sidewalk and stuff for me um, in the winter? Because again, they were little and kind of having to do it myself. I felt so overwhelmed and you're like, no problem. Like, we'll do it. No worries. And I just thought, oh, maybe a week or so, but they pretty much did it like the whole winter. And I was like, thank you guys so much. And yeah, you know, as, as you know, I am a very caring person. I made sure like I gave them lots of different things and I made them cookies and all that kind of stuff to thank them. <laughs> but it was just so nice and, and things like that. Like people that I didn't really mm -hmm. feel like had my back, like really, really did. And um, even when you're moving and things like I moved when my second was two months old, I, I had a lot of friends and stuff like that help us because you're moving with like a two-year-old and a newborn baby. And it was like, I can't do all this on my own. Like, so I actually had um, a lot of people help then. So yeah, definitely putting family, friends, neighbors, um, other professionals inside of that. Like, it doesn't always have to look like you have grandparents or whoever, like, there's even friends that will look after your children and help you out and give you a night off. Like just, you have to be able to trust and rely on people. That sure. is key, Bethany, is that trusting piece and yeah. also the receiving, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yes, that is so important. And all of that really comes from the heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think like, our our mothers our grandmothers you know they they were doing it mostly alone unless they had extended family you know mm -hmm. like ha this whole idea of even hiring a doula postpartum doula birth doula pregnancy doula you know this is fairly you know a new idea for our culture but it, it's right. it's not new in the sense of like woman to woman support you know yeah. and building a tribe and like realizing like i always say like you know, women are the leaders, fathers too, of the next generation. Like, mm -hmm. so we need to be honoring them. And it's just, it's, 
it's really not in our culture from a top down in our society setting. Right. And so it's the children that get affected by it. And that's mm -hmm. really why another reason why I just I do what I do is for the children of the world to have a better future. And it starts with with me and you, you know, mm -hmm. and in the day to day, moment to moment. And I love the going back to what you said about slowing down, mm -hmm. you know, like slowing down and realizing that, you know, I can't, can't do this all alone. It's it's too much of a load. Even when with your partner, your partner can't, your husband can't do it all alone. Right. Like it's not even, you can't put it all on grandma either. Right. <laughs> you know? So um, gaining all this insight, not only from my clinical and clients, but my family, you know, and extended family and learning that, how can I be a better auntie? How can I be a better mom before I have children? You know, mm -hmm. um, and it starts with the individual. So that's why I like to say transformational coaching. How can I help you self-actualize into mm -hmm. your highest self? Really for you, it's going to trickle down into mm -hmm. your village and it will allow you to open up those channels of trust and how to receive the abundance of a village abundance of life of happiness and right. um, our brains are wired for survival right like mm -hmm. this i this idea of um, the social brain is fairly a more evolved state. And so we are social creatures, but we're we're definitely wired to survive, not to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really an old paradigm. We're shifting in, we're, we're evolving more and awakening and ascending really into these higher states of being alive. And, and it right. definitely includes community and village and so um, as a postpartum doula, I always help families plan that team. You know, it can't be all on me either, right? right? Like as much as I can be a therapist, household cleaner, chef, babysitter, massage, you know, all of yeah. these things, I have to, I find myself having to outsource some of my own services because it does lead to burnout and it yeah. will lead to burnout if you exactly. don't get help. Exactly. You have to rely mm -hmm. on sort of a team of people and yeah, grandma can't always do it or a certain person can't always do it. You have to be open to receive. And I think that I was very, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't open to receiving, I think with my first baby and I really struggled. And I think that's where a lot of women I, I help today, they're, they're kind of like, I don't feel like I can ask, you know, and things like that. So again, it's that those affirmations of like, I am open to receiving, whether it's abundance, whether it's help, things like that right so mm -hmm. open to that mm -hmm. that's amazing what is your last and final one for managing stress in the home is incorporating nature so it goes to a couple of different things that come to mind is like incorporating the elements mm -hmm. right earth air water ether fire so how can we incorporate nature with the sunlight flowers. I love fresh flowers. Mm -hmm. um, I love having even a candle lit or a fireplace or, you know, how can we bring in the elements? Because we are nature, right? We just have this human aspect that makes right. us human nature. So how can we incorporate mother nature? So healing, divine, abundant, and supporting us through the different seasons. Um, how can we bring that into our four walls of a house right you just make me feel like i want to go on a hike right now 
yeah I'm just, I'm just so imagining good. nature yeah because it, it changes it changes so much like for me like actually what made me think about it is it changes the mood it changes the setting so you think about like a fire or a candle it's like romantic calming mm-hmm. um peaceful and it's kind of like you you're sort of bringing down the energy a bit more relaxation right and i think it's where a lot mm-hmm. of people sort of just sit and meditate and feel good and it's that cozy feeling and that's what i do sort of in our house as well like when we have people owner over and we're doing like a family gathering i sort of like do that unintentionally i think it's like lighting some candles so it's sort of like bringing the whole energy down of like everybody because i know everyone gets all hyper when they see each other so i'm trying to sort of like set the mood i guess but then you think about like going on a nature hike and you feel energized and excited and refreshed and um that you're working out and that you actually like you're free and like it's it's a different right. feeling right yes. and i did yes. a lot of that in the summer with my boys too so um, yes. So how can we do that in the winter, right? Like there's all these, and that's the beautiful thing about um, technology. There's all these new inventions. There's sun lamps, there's diffusers. Mm-hmm. You can get aromatherapy. You can get, you know, cedar atlas oil in mm-hmm. your whole home. Smells like a beautiful cedar forest, you know, yeah. like how can we incorporate these things into our environment and allows us to really involve again the five senses you know mm-hmm. and how can we find pleasure in nature like i hear a lot of times oh i can't keep a plant alive or that's just one more thing i have to take care of you know and it's like really switching that mindset right. you know it, and perspective yeah it's the way you see it right like if it's another thing to do on your to-do list like you've got the you've got the wrong mindset going we need right. to work on the village then. Yeah. If you can't if you can't water your plants, we need to work on your village. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or if you don't want to have plants because you have to take care of them, you know, we need to work on that heart space because right. um, not everyone wants to have plants in their house. I know sometimes my plants have brought in little critters, you know, especially in the yeah. winter. So there again, it's going to look different for each person right um but going back to like your boundaries and 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 really nourishing those the senses Mm -hmm. and i find that nature even comes into like self-care right the forest bathing even taking a walk you don't have to be in the forest but you can just be in the park fresh air sunlight water going back to hydration right Mm -hmm. and that helping to regulate the nervous system all these are interconnected and i think you know as a life coach i really help people see the interconnectedness of the internal and external realities and spaces that we carry through life Mm -hmm. and like you said with water that's that's pretty telling because you think about how many people like you know you gravitate towards a lake or the sea or anything like I grew up in the UK and I was around the seaside quite a bit and then here we're kind of more land-based but even just going to like the lake or like a river it's like or a creek especially because I used to play in creeks when I was a kid so like it's very therapeutic Mm -hmm. and it takes you back to that fun playful energy and I think that's what we do almost like on a weekly basis with the boys is we take them to like rivers and stuff and they throw rocks in so like they'll probably remember that when they're adults and it's it's like a peaceful place for them so I think nature is like a wonderful thing but that was amazing like I love all those five topics that you've talked about because I'm doing quite a few of them myself now but 
obviously being a new parent a lot of the times i think it is that if you're telling yourself i don't have the time to do these things or it's another thing on my to-do list you need, need to kind of go back to the basics and sort of look mm -hmm. at like yeah like where are your boundaries and you know are you actually utilizing the family dynamic like to help you or friends and things like that and your mindset is key i think as well before kind of going into those um those new things so it was a pleasure having you on. I'm really excited to actually take some of these tools that you've told me as well. So I really appreciate it. Um, how can our viewers actually connect with you today to learn more about what you offer, Susanna? Thank you, Bethany. It's a pleasure to share a lot of my insight and knowledge mm -hmm. from many years of family work. You can find me online. I am uh, on Instagram at Positive Postpartums. I also have a website. It's www.positivepostpartumsingle.com or .org, sorry. And then I am on a new platform called Heal Me. It's connecting practitioners to clients all over the world. So I'm on heal.me slash coach sizzle. And I really, the sizzle is a nickname that I adopted and now I'm bringing into my professional career as a coach, helping others embody their unique sizzle within and what that looks like as far as life coaching and transformations. I love it. So I will actually post these as well in the show oh, notes good. for anybody. So you can have the websites both so you can actually contact Susanna. So once again, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on, Susanna, um, to the Nutritious and Delicious show. Yes, it was so nutritious and delicious, Bethany. And I just want everyone to like tap into that childlike wonder and play, right? And go do something today that is just going to fill you up with that joy and happiness. Awesome.